passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. For the cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Packs of She Said podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein, previewing a week eight NFC North matchup at Lambeau Field between the Packers and the three and four Vikings who put on a pretty impressive performance on Monday Night Football against the San Francisco 49ers. Perry, how are we feeling going into Sunday? It feels like the Vikings are peaking at the exact wrong time to take on the Packers. Yeah, that was it was an impressive win against the Niners on Monday night. Very impressive. Yeah, I'm not even sure about it. They looked good. I mean, Kirk, say what you want about Kirk in prime time. Uh, Kirk played really well. And I was just saying before we started recording, Justin Jefferson may be out, but the Vikings have another young receiver in Jordan Addison that looks like a hit. So, <laughs> not great. Yes, they do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, you know, the flip side of that coin is that as injury news comes out today, obviously it's Wednesday the 25th. We've got a couple days here until the Packers play. But Eric Stokes going on injured reserve right after his first game back. Really unfortunate injury luck there. Darnell Savage also going on injured reserve. So just a lot of moving parts for this Packers team that is incredibly banged up. Aaron Jones, Luke Musgrave, Josh Myers all did not participate in practice as of today. Christian Watson, at least a full participant, which is very good news considering early results made it seem like that could be a doozy. 
Um, I'm I'm just gonna pause you really quick there because we were worried. It, it looked mean, bad. It looked bad when he went down. I was like, ACL. Like I was. Mm-hmm. It was nerve wracking. So seeing him practice today, very very good sign. And we're gonna take those wins where we get them. Yeah, because they're few and far between. Devondre Campbell also limited. Elton Jenkins limited, which is has been expected. Uh, Jair limited, and Devonte Wyatt limited. So decent news there. I mean, I think the Aaron Jones thing is kind of expected. You're not trying to work him too hard. The Luke Musgrave issue with his ankle is a concern, and Josh Myers not practicing with the ankle is also a concern, but not that you, again, caveat, we're not wishing for injuries here, but it could force the Packers to get a little bit creative with their offensive line, although Yash Nyman is also on the injury report with a knee, so you're getting all of your linemen out there at half strength. Yeah, I mean, a few things there. One being really happy to see Devontae Wyatt also practicing because, again, getting card into locker room is not a good sign. Um, I did think that the line performed pretty nicely. At least the run game was looking better when Zach Tom moved to center. So you never, like you said, wish injury upon anyone. But if it does happen to be that they have to make some adjustments and I would like to see the Packers put Zach Tom in at center if Josh Myers can't play this weekend. Um, Cause I do think that that, I don't know. It's just something I'd like to see. Obviously we know that that's a position where he played in college and he is technically a center and it may be a place where he has to stay in the near future. So um, just could be a good thing. Although I don't love hearing that Yash is also hurt. Um, so don't know what's going to happen there. This is going to be a little bit of a, I don't know, a rumble and a shake when it comes to the offensive line. Um, this team is just, God, they can't get healthy. I mean, they just cannot get healthy to the point of putting a product on that field that feels complete. Yeah. And I mean, at the time, the early buy felt incredibly necessary because you were like, all right, guys are going to have the opportunity now. This long stretch, it lined up really nicely. You had Thursday night, then you had a longer stretch before a Monday night game. Then you had a longer stretch, you know, with a bye week and all of those things compounded. So the Packers somehow have more injuries than they did going into the bye, which just like you said, makes it really difficult to be able to truly assess the status of things like your young offense. Yeah, exactly. Um, I guess let's get into the nuts and bolts because the Packers are finally home, which you pointed out in our um, recap show. If you missed it, you can go check out our therapy session of the Packers losing to the Broncos. Um, The Packers are finally home. It's been a while, um, over a month since they've been home to take on this division opponent in the Vikings. Um, Vikings also have plenty of injuries to contend with, so it'll be interesting to see what they put out on the field. But like we said at the top of the show, the Vikings look like they're starting to hit their stride after a pretty difficult, and I think if you're a Vikings fan, shocking start to the season um, in terms of some pretty weird losses. So it'll be really interesting to see what version of the Vikings the Packers get. Cause I don't know similarly to like, it's kind of unclear who the Packers are this season, like what their identity is. I actually, I'm not sure like if the Viking, if we know like who the Vikings are this season either, like what their identity is. Right. Because yes, they just beat a very good 49ers team. I mean, 
really carved up a very, very, very good defense. And I have many a concerns when it comes to the Packers defense, but they've also lost to some worse teams this season. And so um, the inconsistencies when it comes to the Vikings is just kind of, you just don't know who you're going to get on any given Sunday. Yeah. And I think one of the things that's so interesting about their offense, they're first in the league in passing touchdowns. They have 16 so far on the season. Obviously, Jordan Addison, you mentioned him. He's got six already as a rookie this season without Justin Jefferson, who had three before the injury, before going on IR. But I think what makes this Vikings offense so kind of like head scratching is that they're not putting up a ton of points per game. I know the Packers put up 38 week one, which has kind of skewed their total, but the Packers still are 17th in points for, and the Packers or the Vikings are 18th. So throughout the stretch of the season, these averages, the Vikings are just a little bit behind the Packers. Their their most scored game was 28 points all season, and they kind of hover right around between like 17 and 24. So it's working. You know, they're, they've won three games now, but it, it is kind of interesting that they've got all of these weapons on offense, and they're number one in the league in passing touchdowns but they're not putting up a ton of points. Yeah. I mean, they didn't blow out the 49ers too. Let's right. caveat that there. Like they, they didn't score. I think what was the final score? 22, 17. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like the, they beat the 49ers by picking off Brock pretty multiple times and forcing turnovers. So to be clear, I don't, this is not like the most high flying offense. And again, that's likely due to not having their best and, probably the best player in the league and Justin Jefferson. Now they can break off chunk plays as we have seen, right. Both on the ground game and in the past game. And don't be surprised if you see your classic Joe Barry defense against this team, because he's going to want to limit those. Um, but this is going to be one of those games where the Packers offense is again, going to have to protect the football because this Vikings defense is going to, um, do what they've been doing to keep this team in games, which is win the turnover battle. And I think what's so interesting too is every loss and every victory, every game so far for the Vikings this season has been a one score game. And last season they were historically good in one score games and had like almost too much luck on their side, winning all of those one score games this season, things have started to bounce the other way a little bit, but I mean, week two, they lost to the Eagles and it was 34, 28, you know, the Eagles are, the cream of the crop in in the NFC with the Niners who now, you know, the Vikings took it to. So it's not like they're being blown out. Like you said, in any of their losses here, they're hanging in all of these games and their defense is starting to click. Their offense looks really good. TJ Hawkinson being out potentially, or at least limited is mildly concerning for them, but there's a lot of pieces that are starting to really click for them. Yeah. I think one of the struggles too, that I've seen, this team go up against, I've been thinking about this a lot is like, they've been doing really well. And this is a concern for me because this defense is full of vets, but they've been doing very well against younger quarterbacks and they've been getting picked on against veteran quarterbacks as we saw against Russell Wilson. And this is a common opponent and a very smart veteran quarterback. Like you can say what you want about Kirk cousins, but he's a smart vet. Um, And he's going to be able to find the holes in this defense. And once again, common opponent here. Um, He has gone up against this team for a very long time. Um, So my, my, this is going to be a little bit of a, how do I put this brain? 
IQ level chess match um, between whoever is calling plays slash wearing the green dot and going up against Kirk Cousins. Um, and I'm not sure I feel particularly great about it, um, especially seeing what he was able to do against a much smarter um, and better defense in the 49ers Monday night. Yeah. And I mean, I think there's also concerns like they are slinging it. They, I think they're like third in passing yards, second in attempts or something. They've had, I think, over 300 yards in at least five of their games, I want to say. And they've only eclipsed 100 rushing yards twice so far this season. Like, they are getting their yardage through the air. And if the the passing defense is supposed to be the bread and butter of this defense, well, you just lost Eric Stokes. You just lost Darnell Savage. Jair is limited right now. Carrington Valentine got bullied. God forbid he's going up against Jordan Addison on Sunday. Like, there's going to be mismatches here. And if the Packers defense wants to hang in this thing and keep it close, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be really important to try and at least limit the explosive plays from this Vikings offense because they're getting huge chunks of yardage through the air. No, they're going to they're, – they're going to have – the Packers – if they cannot do what they're supposedly built to do in this game, they are simply just not a good defense. But can I sit, can I make that statement? I feel like that's a very declarative statement, but like this is an offense that you are supposedly built to defend. (laughs) So you're going to be able to need to do that. And they're missing one, potentially two, like you said, in TJ Hawkinson of their major weapons. This team really desperately needs Jair back. I mean, really, really desperately needs Jair. I I thought, and maybe I just hone in on his presence more than some other people, but I very, very much like felt like his presence was missed. Um, Sewell can only do so much when you have a seventh-round rookie on the other side. Um, I think if you have John Sewell on the outside and, you know, you, you do what you need to do with the slot situation at the moment. Um, unfortunately, Savage has been playing like actually quite nicely this season. And I think his loss is, is a detriment um, because now the safety position is, is even more of a liability. Although I really hope Anthony Johnson jr. Gets some looks now. Again, you're looking at this and you're saying, all right, young team evaluation. Sure. Like why not put him in there? Um, and see what he can do. I think I saw someone, I don't remember who it was, so I apologize, write about how, you know, there's a lot of guys, especially on the defensive side of the ball, who are probably not going to be back next season. And so we're looking at, and I think especially with the safety position, it was kind of like a sign a bunch of guys to a one-year deal and like see who sticks. And right now for me, no one. I don't want to see Rudy Ford back. I'm sorry. I love Simone Biles, but I don't think Jonathan Owens is it. Like there's a bunch of guys who I just don't think should or can be back next season. You just drafted someone. So why not take this opportunity in this season to put Anthony Johnson Jr. back there, especially now with Savage on IR. See, I want Rudy Ford back, but I think it's because this room is so decimated that you're thinking potentially next season you're at least drafting one or two or whoever you get in is going to be relatively young. So I see him coming back as like a vet presence, but I'm not sure he comes back as any type of long-term starter. And I think Darnell would have been in that same boat too now, but considering he's on IR for at least four weeks, we don't know what that's going to look like. So 
It is a good question. I was thinking about that. Like, does Darnell, if he played the way he's been playing all season, like, did he get, did he earn a second contract? And I was feeling like the answer was yes. Maybe not like a major money deal, but I thought he was playing really nicely. I don't know. It's really, the injury is really unfortunate. I think it, I think him and Ford were in the, the, a similar boat, and I think Savage probably gets the nod as being a draft pick from the Packers because we yeah. know how they feel about their homegrown players. But one or two years, at least, you know, kind of in a transitional period, because like, like I said, he played really guy. well. Yeah, stopgap kind of yeah. player who has the opportunity to kind of keep putting contracts together, and I think you laden those with right, like like what Jordan Love did. You kind of bet on yourself. And you have the opportunity to make more money that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, this run offense for the Vikings has not really been clicking so far this season. Alexander Madison, obviously the front runner in that room, getting the reins after Delvin Cook's departure. Cam Akers kind of came in in spot duty a little bit and looked decent, I thought, against the Niners and the limited reps that he took. But mm. not, not a lot cooking for them on the ground. I mean... Every team comes in and has a career <laughs> they day their and, fire uh, again. The Packers. So I'm definitely curious what Kevin O'Connell decides to do against the Packers because you're right. Like their team gets their yardage through the air, but if he does want to test out his stuff on the ground and it works, then like, I don't know. He's, he's, unfortunately, I think his playbook, his entire playbook is kind of at, his disposal against this team until the Packers show him that they can shut one of those two things down. I'm being really yeah. hard. I'm being really harsh. I'm sorry. <laughs> Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Should we flip it then? Let's talk about this Packers offense and how the Packers offense can be successful against the highest blitzing defense in the NFL. And Daniil Hunter leading the league at least he was last time I checked with nine sacks so far this season. Yeah. So I saw a stat and I want to bring it up because um, I think it warrants discussion. So you're going to have to give me a second, but 
Um, it was actually on kind of in certain situations um, where Jordan Love's stat lines are, and I can't find it, but it was very strange. It was a little strange, um, but it basically showed that actually he's performing surprisingly well under pressure. Um, yeah, I apologize. I can't find it, but Zach Cruz tweeted it out. So you can go find it if you'd like. Um, and he's, he is, he's performing pretty well under pressure. You're going to just have to trust me because I can't find the stat line now. And I'm really sorry. And Zach, um, just tweets a lot. So I'm going to be scrolling <laughs> for a little while now. Um, but look, like every, if you're going to be a franchise quarterback, which I think you and I still feel like Jordan Love, here we go. I found it. Eight for 11 for 107 yards and a touchdown under pressure. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that's that's not bad. Um, he's best on play action, which, cool. It's not surprising, um, yeah. Yeah, not surprising at all. If you're going to be a franchise quarterback, you need to be able to perform under all different types of um, all different types of moments. And we have seen him get blitzed under all hell in his very first start ever in Kansas city. And it didn't go well. And that's just something that good teams are going to do to young guys to rattle them. Right. It's going to be a situation that he's going to need to learn from because as soon as you can start getting the ball out and performing under pressure, you like your performance against the blitz mitigates the blitz because right. as soon, right. Cause like as soon as the blitz stops working, they have to stop doing it. You force them, you dictate to them. So like, this is, this is huge for love because we have all these questions still about him warranted or not some warranted, about whether he is the future for Green Bay. And if he can answer one of those against this Vikings defense, amazing, right? That's actually one of them that has nothing to do with his receivers, um, has nothing to do with play calling. If he can have an answer and can perform under pressure against a Vikings defense, that blitz is a ton, amazing, right? Like that's key and that's huge for the fu- his future as potentially the Packers franchise quarterback. And I think that goes into this larger conversation about the Packers offensive line as well, because obviously you want an all pro left tackle out there for your young quarterback, but that's not happening, right? Like that ship has sailed. David Bakhtiari is on injured reserve. So now you have to get creative because we saw the failed experiment with Max Crosby and, you know, your two tight ends and trying to chip him off the line and all these things. You've mm-hmm. got Daniel Hunter coming in. PJ Watt's still down the line. You know, you've got Aiden Hutchinson again, like, it's not going to get any easier. So the offensive line either has to play better or you have to start getting creative because again, like all of the ways that you, you assess your young quarterback, if he can't throw the ball because he's running for his life or because he's getting blitzed to high hell and they don't have a solution for it. Like, yeah, it's, and, and it's a bigger problem, right? Then it's easy to sit here and say what, you know, the issues are, but, it's true. And I mean, I know there were some quotes, I think it was Jaden Reed 
had said like all the offensive players got together this week and they went over film together to try and get on the same page. And like, those are all the things that you want to hear, but you also have to start to wonder a little bit, like, is the problem fixable? Because every week guys are saying the same things. Like we're almost there. We're so close. We're getting the pieces together. We're like, things will start to click, but you're going into week eight. Like you're almost halfway through the season. And I don't know how much grace you are able to give your team when you have all of these glaring question marks that you need answers for? Well, I mean, we'll see, right? Like if the offense looks nominally better this week, then yeah, they get some progress. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I am still under the belief that like there's enough talent on this side of the ball that things can and should start clicking. Um, I think Tucker craft also had a really nice quote today. That was just like, something that I hadn't at least thought of, which is like, we also, uh, it's not just the quarterback who needs to read the defense, right? It's all of us young guys who are not used to reading and playing against different defenses. And so that's a little bit of part of the struggles in the first half. Um, There's been so much discourse on Twitter through a lot of people who film study on what's going wrong with the Packers offense. And I mean, the answer is everything. everything and all of it and nothing and um, little by little, I guess my answer to your question is like little by little things will get better. Mm -hmm. How quickly that happens in order for the Packers to make a decision around Jordan love is the, is the main concern for the season and how quickly that happens for the Packers to make decision around some other pieces that they need to like keep or extend or, you know, like th- those kinds of, I don't know. Um, I, I guess when it comes to this particular game, like I'm just looking for things to click just a little bit earlier in the game. Like, yeah, please, like can, can you come out or, yeah. Can, can you come out and just look a little more cohesive a little bit sooner than the second half? It's a low bar. And I mean, we talked about it after the Broncos show. Is it the scripted plays? Like, what is preventing you from being successful in the first half? And if it's your scripted plays, it hasn't been successful for four weeks now. Like, wh- you know, how are you ad- making adjustments then to be successful? And I think those are the things that we need to see answered because – Vikings defense hasn't been fantastic. That was like the knock against them going into the season is that they got worse. They lost some of their skill positions, but you know, it seems like every week somebody new emerges, right? Cam Bynum had a two interception performance. Henny now leads the team. Didn't have a pick until this week and then had two. So all these things, right? Like they're going to test a really young quarterback in Jordan love and how you set up your offense will go a long way in Jordan Love's success. We've seen him now make a couple mistakes when it comes to like the middle of the field and reading inside linebackers and things like that. It sounded like he knew exactly what was supposed to happen on the Samori Toure ball that turned into an interception. He and Toure both thought the safety was shading a different way. Like it's hard to fault somebody who understands exactly where the mistakes are being made. So at least that's like, that's a check for Jordan Love, right? Like that's a positive yeah. that he understands exactly what's supposed to be happening once again like I would I feel like we are so used to a quarterback who 
like Aaron Rodgers was not only one of the greatest slingers of the football, like athletically that we've ever seen, but he was one of the smartest football players ever. Like the way his recall, the way that he could like, and I don't know if he was always like this, if he came into the league like this, or if this was learned or a little bit of both, but like, you cannot expect that out of Jordan Love, right? So I just feel like the bar is set. I don't know. I, I, I just, I feel like like the, the, the expectation is very skewed right now when it comes to like what we're used to when we watch a Packers football player, like a, a Packers quarterback. And I do genuinely feel like he's obviously thrown more interceptions than we're used to watching a Packers quarterback throw. But I don't particularly feel like he's made egregious amounts of like bad decisions like by any stretch of the imagination. And I think that's a good sign. And like, once again, some of the accuracy needs to get cleaned up. We've known that, but also he's made some really awesome throws. It's just been like kind of a mixed bag. And guess what? That's what you're going to get with a first year starter. Um, And I just think like, just a little bit of grace. Like every other quarterback, first year starter gets some grace too. Like look at Kenny Pickett. He's had major ups and downs. Now he's like back on a bit of an upswing and everyone's like a little bit more excited again about Kenny Pickett. Just like give Jordan time. He's had like seven starts. (laughs) Like I think he's shown enough for me to feel excited and he's not blatantly losing the Packers games. If it was like everything else was perfect and he was losing them games, I'd be like, things are bad. You know, someone commented on one of our videos recently that was like, if things have to be perfect around him for him to be good, then we have a problem. Things aren't even mediocre (laughs) around him. Like, things aren't even at average. So... This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline deep breaths for Jordan Love. Right now, I want to see everything around him be a little bit crisper. The offensive line, the route running, the blocking, all of that. Because once that gets cleaned up, we'll have a better picture. So I want to ask you this before we wrap this up, just because I've been thinking about it a lot and I see it. It feels like it's one of the talking points. And, you know, I'm just curious your perspective on it because I I have my own thoughts on this, I guess. But Everybody likes to make comparisons to Aaron Rodgers' 20 or 2008 stats when he was a first-year starter. And I'm not trying to compare the players or the position. Do you think that – and hindsight's 2020. Like, you can't go into the season and say, well, if only they'd done this because nobody knew, right? 
But if you look at like the the 2008 roster that Aaron Rodgers inherited, mm-hmm. he had Donald Driver. And like Jordy Nelson was a 2008 draft pick, so he was a rookie. But you had James Jones, Greg Jennings, guys that were coming into second, third, fourth years. And then you had the vet in Driver. Do you think that the Packers did their young quarterback a disservice by giving him an offense that was so young? Because when you have a guy like CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, these guys have a grace period where it's like, we get five years to see who you truly are. Jordan Love's first three years, he was a clipboard holder. So he you're talking about Randall ben, Cobb. Yeah, you're yeah, talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. article. Yeah, if you haven't read yeah. it, fantastic. But, you know, yeah. that that whole perspective of, you know, if he inherited a little bit of a different role, if Devante was still here, even if like Alan Lazard had stuck around, do you think that changes how we're able to talk about Jordan Love? Or do you think a couple players don't move the needle? So I think there's like kind of two, actually two different questions here, because one of them is with the CJ Strouds, the Bryce Youngs, even with the Kenny Picketts, right? They have years they have multiple years right. to make this decision. And so you get multiple years of roster building and evaluation in which you don't get with Jordan Love because and you build chemistry wait. every year. Yeah. But I also just think solely in like a silo of looking at Jordan, you don't get that because they didn't move on from Aaron Rodgers until way late into Jordan Love's rookie contract. Right. And that's just like has absolutely nothing to do with Jordan. And right. I think everyone can say like, yeah, the Packers did him a disservice by not playing him earlier and or he needed the time. It will never know. Like yeah. we'll never be able to answer that question. All we can say now is he gets two seasons before they have to pay him or move on. That That's just where we're at. When it comes to playmakers around him, like, yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. Um I mean, the answer now is clearly they could have used a bet. At least one. I stand by what I said last episode, which is that I don't know if that vet necessarily needed to be a pass catcher. Like, I think they still have Aaron Jones, right? He's just not playing. I, I think having David Bakhtiari, I mean, it was the Bears, granted, and it was week one, but like, look at what David Bakhtiari did in week one. Look how amazing that offense looked. They put up 30 points in week one. Was David Bakhtiari the linchpin of that? Plus Aaron Jones with the two of them out there? We'll never know because we're not going to see it again. I have my hunch that it was, right? They had two vets on the offense, two amazing vets at key positions, and one of them is not going to play again. So they rolled the dice on young pass catchers to, you know, form chemistry and build with Jordan Love and said vets in other places, vets on the line. And it hasn't worked out because Bach is hurt, Elton's hurt, and Jones is hurt. And it's just the way the cookie crumbles. At the time, I didn't think bringing a vet in to take snaps away from these young guys made sense. I still don't think it would have made sense. They also don't have the money to do it. Like, what's the point of bringing in a guy who's just like a one year? If there was someone who was staying, you know, like if they had ended up like 
re-signing MVS, you know, and MVS was still under contract for the three. If they, they had done like the MVS, like 11 year, three year deal and MVS was still around. Amazing. Like that would have been like, I think a perfect situation, a cob, but they didn't. And it, and and it made sense at the time. Like, do I wish they had Devonta Adams right now? Yeah, of course. I don't care who's under center. You want Devonta Adams. Um, I just think they made their bet decisions where they made their bet decisions. And right now their bets are hurt and not playing. I, I think this team looks absolutely 100% different if David Bakhtiari is playing at left tackle. And I don't think that's really that like much of a hot take. <laughs> um, but it just happened to be that their bets just aren't wide receivers. Yeah. And I mean, we talked about it a little bit too in the Broncos preview show where we talked about like, even if something was done at the trade deadline, the Packers don't have the cap space to commit to that. It's not going to move the needle enough for your offense. And honestly, they decided this offseason their investments were spent in a better position, right? Look at all the safeties they brought in. Those contracts weren't earth-shattering contracts, but they needed to be able to evaluate the secondary. And you know where some of that money went in free agency was to the defensive side of the ball, probably – with the frame of mind that, hey, this is a really young offense. We need a defense that can keep points off the board and allow the offense to march down the field when they have the opportunities. And obviously, again, hindsight's twenty twenty, but the decisions made sense. The Packers made their bed. It's just you wonder, you know, now looking back, which is the easiest thing to do is to look back if there were some decisions that, you know, maybe made things a little bit, you know, would have changed the trajectory of Jordan Love. I mean, I just don't know if I disagree with the decisions. Um, they just, they can't, they can't help. They just can't help the way they've been mm-hmm. hurt by the injury bug and been like, ex- I don't know. I, I Yeah. I mean, this is a completely different roster on both sides of the ball. If everybody's healthy. Yeah. But that's the draw of the NFL. It's never going to be. For sure. Bad. Right. Like, I just think like you pair your really young QB with some fun talent. And yes, like there's going to be growing pains, but you've got, you said it before you, Aaron Rodgers only had two. He had one vet in Donald driver, but really young second year starters and a rookie in Jordy. So they've got two second year guys who looked great in their rookie seasons and a bunch of young rookie talent pair them with one of the best running backs in the league and one of the best left tackles in the league. That feels like a pretty good formula for your first year starting quarterback, but you get screwed when your one of your, who's supposed to be your wide receiver one hasn't been able to stay healthy. Your left tackle gets lost for the season. Your left guard also can't stay healthy and your running back can't stay healthy. I mean, like, I don't know, man. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's that's what we keep saying, right? There's no answers to this, but it does definitely make the evaluation process trickier. And the Packers really need to be making these decisions relatively soon because seen repeatedly the, the worst time to need or to, to take a quarterback is when you absolutely need one. So they banked on this and, you know, unfortunately they still have not gotten, I think, you know, a true evaluation given all of the chips that have stacked against them. But any final thoughts wrapping up week eight before we, before we host the Vikings at Lambeau field on Sunday at noon. 
No, I mean, I don't see the Packers winning this one. Um, not feeling too confident. I would just like to see them be competitive. That's all. Yeah, I think that you just need to see them right the ship. You know, they need to start scoring. A touchdown in the first half would be nice. You know, maybe an opening drive field goal even to start getting some momentum and putting things together. It'd be nice to see the defense get back to what they're doing. Feels like we haven't had an interception in a long time. I know it's not the case, but still, there have been opportunities that we haven't seen. I was surprised that Russell Wilson only got sacked one time for zero yards last week. So just want to see, you know, the guys that are getting paid show out, I think. And it's going to be a tall task with this Vikings offense, like we said, that is very pass heavy, best offense in the league in passing touchdowns. But I just progress. We just want to see the arrow start to point upward again because it's been pointing down for multiple weeks and they can't keep regressing. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, we'll see what happens on Sunday. Hopefully we get to come here on Monday. And even if we don't talk about a win, at least hopefully we're like, that was good. There were things to like, instead of just talking about how somehow it keeps getting worse. But thank you as always for listening to the show. You can find the podcast on Twitter at PWSS podcast. You can find us of course on YouTube at PAX, which she said episodes drop early on youtube and then of course always download the show if you're listening to the audio version that really helps us out you can find perry on twitter at perry underscore goldstein you can find me on twitter at maggie j loney enjoy the game on sunday division games are always wonky and they're never really fun but hopefully we have something exciting to talk about on monday so thank you for listening and go pack go go pack go